To answer is human. To question is divine. Welcome to the world of the Hidden Gateway, an exhilarating podcast exploring the concepts humans have been struggling with since the dawn of existence, such as, who are we? Is there such a thing as good and evil, or are they arbitrary constructs? Does the paranormal exist? How can we evolve to a higher state? Can our mind influence what we term as reality? Providing a transcendental approach combined with hard-nosed humanistic analysis, we invite you on a journey to question your worldview in this theater of life. Join our host, Justin Williams, as he explores the outer realms of faith, the supernatural, human potential, and even our concepts of the universal creator with a fascinating array of guests. This is the unseen world, magical, mysterious, and mystical, where your only limitation is your imagination. This is The Hidden Gateway. Welcome to another episode of The Hidden Gateway Podcast. As always, I am your host, Justin Williams. Today's guest is Mike Winner. Mike is the co-founder and technical director of Alpha Vedic, an off-grid farm and wellness co-op focused on innovative solutions for a new era of self-mastery, health independence, and personal, personal sovereignty. Mike, along with Dr. Bear Lando, hosts a weekly podcast called AlphaCast that delves into a vast range of topics related to the new cutting-edge terrain of health freedom and spirit science. Mike aims to elevate the conversation of global consciousness through captivating and positive storytelling processes, new decentralized technologies, and life-changing health and freedom festivals where humans get to be humans again. Mike, welcome to the Hidden Gateway Podcast. How are you? I am doing pretty good considering I quit coffee this week. So um, I'm navigating that currently. And uh, I feel, yeah, I feel really stupid, but um, I'm just right. <laughs> I'm right in the, I'm right in the heart waves of uh, my intuition and uh, divine inspiration that I pull from the ethers. So uh, I hope I can uh, do a, a good job today for you. And I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me, Justin. Oh, man. Thank you once again for, for being a, a guest here on the Hidden Gateway podcast, man. Um, as I told you before we hit record here, man, I, I learned of you a few weeks ago and uh, everything you have going on. You have so much going on, man. And uh, I really admire what you're doing, man. Uh, before we get into to everything that you have going on and much more, can you just take a, a few minutes here and tell our listeners a bit about yourself? Give us some background, please. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I'm definitely a jack of all trades. I've done a lot in my short life so far. I'm just, I crossed the 40 year mark a couple of years back and, uh, came from, uh, a, a lovely childhood down in Southern California and came up as a underground DJ actually, uh, in the underground house music scene in the late nineties into the two thousands. And that kind of progressed into doing, uh, events and, and later festivals. Uh, and in the same time, I was also working as an independent producer in Hollywood. And so I, I, Dove I, I dove deep into the inner um, bowels of that whole place, uh, which was really interesting. Uh, and then, gosh, mid two thousands, I was fortunate enough to meet Doctor Bear Lando, who uh, is a father of one of my good friends, who was a DJ buddy of mine in college and in later years. And that was very eye opening for me because I had suffered from a lot of health issues growing up, had um, chronic strep throat, and just was very ignorant about my body. Um, I was tapped in spiritually on a lot of different things, um, playing around with like out-of-body experiences, lucid dreaming and stuff from a very young age, thanks to my father kind of introducing that to me. But because I grew up in an allopathic household, my mom being uh, a lifelong nurse and actually running hospitals and really tied to the allopathic Rockefeller medicine model, I was also tied to that and in very much an abusive relationship with pharmaceutical 
pills, with antibiotics. And uh, Dr. Bear Lando was a massive influence on waking me up to true health and wellness and what that really means. And that led to us, uh, along with uh, his uh, wife and son, to create Alpha Vedic, and which is now um, one of my main enterprises as a technical director there. And I've been able to fold that into a lot of other things, including developing blockchain technology, uh, doing uh, health and wellness, sovereignty uh, festivals, and uh, all sorts of fun stuff. So it's been quite a wild ride exiting Hollywood, exiting L.A., and moving my family up here to the middle of the forest on the Smith River back in 2016, which is a whole other story. So, yeah, we're up here. We're doing permaculture farming and um, basically creating community around health and wellness and sovereignty and law and spirituality. And it's been a really fun ride. Excellent, man. So Southern Cal kid, huh? Now, yeah, now. SoCal kid now living up in the in the Nor NorCal above the I like to say we're beyond the, the wall as a reference to Game of Thrones. Beyond the wall. Okay. Yeah, I actually lived in San Diego for six years, man. Wife and I, or should I say family and I, we moved there in uh, 2012 and uh, uh, left in 2018. Now I'm in the Phoenix area. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So I've been out here uh, for about three years now in the Phoenix area, originally from Metro Detroit. So Okay. My uh, sister and uh, and husband live outside of Detroit. Okay. okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. So everything you have going on, man. What first thing I want to ask you? What's what's your your what's closest to your heart, man? Is it the spirituality? Is it the health and wellness, uh, or or is it just just uh, nothing? That one particular. I would say passion for creativity. Um, okay. I've always been a producer of sorts, trying to create awesome things. Whether that be it with my DJing, you know, and rocking a party and, and having a, an awesome event or trying to do uh, different productions in Hollywood back in the day to now uh, creating, uh, you know, community really is what I'm really getting off on now is what community means to to the individual and how we can create that uh, to better serve humanity and ourselves. I really feel like that is the prime currency moving forward, uh, is the interrelationship between uh, awake individuals. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, being creative and really, I don't know, diving into all the passions that I have. I mean, I love gardening. I love uh, going on my daily trail runs. I love fishing. I love uh, I'm homeschooling my kids, which takes up a lot of my time. And then I've been engaged in blockchain development uh, and working in decentralized systems. I got into tech about 10 years ago as a web developer. And that's actually one of my other mm -hmm. businesses. We do web design development. That's how I pay a lot of my bills, actually. So yeah, man, it's just being creative and, and having a passion for bringing new ideas out of the ether into this realm and um, creating beauty. Excellent, man. Excellent. Now, Mike, tell me about your dad. I know you said that uh, he obviously was a huge influence on you as a kid in regards to spirituality, consciousness, if, if you will. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, really, my dad is just a lovely human being, and I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed to have him up here now. He and my mom moved, uh, bought a home. They exited SoCal as well uh, a year ago and have a beautiful log cabin up here by us uh, nice. in the Six Rivers National Forest where we live. So I get to see him every day. In fact, he was just here. He was a big influence on me. He was also a hard ass too. Like he's conservative, old school guy. Um, definitely very, was very disciplined, uh, and very much like kept me in line as a kid. So we definitely mm -hmm. butted heads too. It wasn't always perfect. Um, and he's, he's grown a lot himself. Um, and I would say he was very much like your classic constitutionalist conservative, grew up in Montana, very poor family. Uh, when he was a child, he was in a one bedroom cabin on the Blackfoot river where that movie river runs through it. Uh, yes. if you ever seen that with Brad Pitt, he like grew up in that on that in that area like 40 years later from that movie um and basically had five brothers and sisters living in a one bedroom cabin where he had to go out and like literally fish the river in the morning for, so they could eat so he came from a very like crazy hard life and made uh, an amazing life for us as a real estate broker and, and realtor. And so I grew up in luxury compared to that. And so he was a hard ass on the us, like reminding us about that all the time, but instilling in me discipline and the idea of really what sovereignty is, which is all about taking, you know, basically taking responsibility for your life. And there are no excuses. 
Um, mm-hmm. You create your own life. And we are blessed to be living in a country here that has the Constitution that gives us the foundation for freedom and liberty. And we should respect that every day and live up to it. So he was really kind of enforcing that. Uh, he was also uh, was getting his master's in psychology and was studying a lot of like really interesting stuff in terms of what consciousness is. And so in my early, early teen years, yeah, he got me into I, he got me a book about lucid dreaming and out of body experience stuff. And I started really getting into that. And we were exploring the dream realm and and leaving our bodies and, and talking about it in the morning and what we did, you know, the night before. And he's still we still talk about that. So, yeah, he's a oh, he's a interesting dude for sure. And actually become good friends with Dr. Berlando as well, since they both live up here, which is great. Oh, man, that is awesome. You know, uh, out-of-body experience is something is something that is, I guess, fairly new to me. I've always known about them, but in regards to actually having these experiences, uh, 2020, I, I began meditating. I, I started to do the uh, the gateway experience meditation, which I'm sure you're, you're very familiar with. Mm-hmm. And, whew, man, I tell you, Mike, that Light that was a life change still is life changing for me, man. Uh, it's truly a whole nother world realm dimension out there. It, it's just been, oh man, it's just changed my life. Uh, you know, that's in beautiful, a, such a positive way, man. Such a positive way. Now, you, you said your father got you that book. I, I heard you say on a on another podcast, I believe it was your show, that your freshman year in college, he got you a book as well, uh, that really uh changed your life in regards to knowing and learning about money and how, oh, how yeah. money works. Tell me Good about old that. Creature from Jekyll Island, which is there actually right behind me on that bookshelf right there. Uh, okay. Actually, I guess this isn't video, but for those listening, I um, I, I keep it really close to me because G. Edward Griffin is a, um, you know, a very well-known uh, independent researcher and investigative reporter uh, who wrote that really now that that book that, affected my life almost more than any other book because it blew my mind open about how this reality is controlled and how money is used to control it and how it's been basically co-opted by certain centralized forces to keep us in debt, how it's really um, all a Ponzi, big Ponzi. And uh, yeah, that really opened my eyes to um, how we've all been played. And so why I am so um, such uh, so bullish on certain aspects of decentralized currencies, while I'm also been a big critic of a lot of them, um, I am also very bullish on like Bitcoin and like the project we're doing, Cordal, and other truly decentralized digital currencies because they are inherently um, counter countering the debt inflation based centralized controlled fiat systems that were created. Uh, back uh, at the turn of the 20th century. And also that's just cyclical. This has been done over and over and over again through time. So if for those who are new to that, this idea of, um, you know, uh, fiat, well, I, I'm sure a lot of your listeners know this, but it, for those who haven't heard of this book, go read it. It is it's just phenomenal reading. I don't know if you've read it, Justin, but it's kind of must read for anybody that's waking up or that wants to know more about how reality is controlled. Very good. No, I have not read it, but hey, I'm going to add that to the list. That's something I uh, I've started to do this year uh, is, is get more books under my belt, if you will. So, um, well, that, that's good, man. <clears throat> now, in regards to everything that's going on in the world, and even like what you said regarding the the money and um, you know uh, the the devil's prick. <laughs> the needle craft, yes. The needle craft, yeah. Let, let's talk about that, man. Obviously, it's been the talk of the town, man, for solid maybe going on two years now, right? Oh. And uh, I know you have some very, very interesting thoughts in regards to why and who who's behind it and all that stuff like that. So the floor well, is yours, my friend. Just just wherever you want to start with that. Well, that's a deep, deep topic. Um. I mean, I, I basically, I, I think it definitely relates to the the book, the the creature from Reco- Jekyll Island, and it has to do with being in debt servitude, uh, and that is how control is maintained uh, in this realm. And I say this realm because I'm really opening up more to the idea that we are in more of a realm. It's fractal. It's infinite. Um, I don't even know. I'm not going to go into you know one of the most triggering 
topics probably in this community, the flat earth topic, but I think it's important for us to keep our minds open about really where we live. And the fact that historically, for what we know, humankind, uh, mankind, excuse me, has primarily been in some sort of servitude to uh, a few. And this has been done primarily through the economic system um, and through different uh, cultural systems and, of course, through religion and through um, controlled spirituality, through um, centralized religions. And now we are dealing with the religion of our day, which is what I call and many people call scientism. And scientism, through the reductionist materialist model of, of really going back to, quote-unquote, scientific revolution in the um, 17th and 18th century, uh, thanks to, and going back to, like, Descartes, right, and um, the idea that man is just a machine, and then we have a separate spirit, and that um, basically we're all just, like, clockworks and gears being run by cause and effect – um, they've been able to manipulate this into essentially the the new world religion um, that is uh, now developing or developing into um, uh, the the cult of of the CV cult, and it's not about your health, of course. It's not even about germs or or a virus. It's about um, basically manipulating human spirit into a new digital realm. Uh, moving beyond the physical into um, a permanent servitude, because if as, as long as we are in a battle, um, in a battle for our souls on, on the physical plane, uh, natural law uh, tends to play out over time, and we get uh, a reckoning of the evildoers and a kind of a, either a reset. Some would say we have these resets, or at least we have. Um, a little bit of a respite or a little bit of a release from their control. So we, we get to enjoy some freedoms. And some would say that would be the American Revolution. Um, we've had different times uh, in the recent histories where we've had some, you know, good freedoms and good evo uh, evolution for man to and women to enjoy their true spiritual selves. And I, the controllers are very aware of this. And so um, in order to take natural law out of the equation, um, they are now engaging in a new strategy, which has been developing for decades to trap us into a new digital kind of simulation so that we are now in a permanent servitude, very much like the Matrix movies. And a stepping stone towards that, of course, is the devil's prick or um, the essentially the genetically modifying in, uh, GMI is another great one, genetic modifying injection um, to move us, to separate us from source, to separate our ability from our DNA, to attach to our higher essence, our higher self uh, in a, the other realm that we are tapping into, which is our spiritual self. And so by disconnecting us, they can then trap us into this permanent um, prison of sorts where we aren't even aware of it over time. We're literally opting into it. Pretty dark agenda, what Rudolf Steiner would call the Aramonic deception. Wow, very interesting. So very interesting what you said, that they are wanting to uh, disconnect us from source, our higher selves. Do you think that is the 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 number one or the main reason for them doing what what they do, or is that just a, a part of the, the their master plan? And uh, why why do they want to disconnect us from source? Or, or do they fear that if we are connected to source, as we what I like to say are intended to be, does that give them less control over us and what we what we do? Is that right? Well. As long as we're connected to source, we have the ability to ascend and, and basically leave them in our tracks. They are essentially parasitic, parasites. They are parasitic in nature and they require our, I guess what some would call louche or, or our energetic source material to actually even exist. Um, and this kind of gets into the ancient Gnostic teachings. It gets into a lot of different esoteric stuff about you know what some would call even like the luciferian pact that these mm -hmm. um that these controllers have made which gives them a lot of power in this current state of of reality but also in doing so they kind of made that um that deal which cut them off from source themselves so okay. um as long our we are the power we are the ones with all the power justin that's the crazy thing it's like they require us 
But if they can figure out a way where we are disconnected, I mean, we're always, I personally believe they can never actually disconnect us. Inherently, we're always disconnected. But if they can fool us into, to forgetting that connection so that they can permanently feed off us without any type of potentiality for a revolution, that is their end goal because they're essentially parasites. And the flip side of that is they know that eventually due to universal cosmic law, they will have to fail. They will fail and they will go out of existence. So it's kind of a race right now. It's a race of awakening where we get to regain the knowledge that we are the all powerful and that they are simply um, the, the parasites, the, the little bugs that scuttle away when the lights come on. Mm-hmm. Um, and a race between, um, us completely forgetting that. Wow. That is deep, man. That is deep. You know, it reminds me of something, uh, I had the good fortune of, of speaking with, uh, somebody you're very familiar with about a year ago, David Icke. And, uh, that aligns a lot with what he was saying in regards to the virus. He was saying that um, it's it's his 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 thoughts are at the time was that it's a, it's an energy and uh, the energy feeds off fear. And just like you said, uh, you know, they're parasites. And the more we fear, the more they they come and they attach and the more they do, the more they do their thing. Now, um, do you think that there is even more of a sinister aspect to it. Uh, like when you start talking about uh, like a reptilian race uh, that is in control, that uh, is working with the governments or the elites of the world uh, and, and mm-hmm. kind of have that has all this chaos and confusion going on. Do you believe in that? It's funny you mentioned, David, I just got to interview him on a summit we did called The Event. If anyone uh, is interested in going really deep into solutions and understanding the full spectrum uh kind of witnessing of what's going on right now, definitely check it out, the event.global. And so David was instrumental in waking me up in the late 90s. Uh, Besides my father, uh, he was a massive influence on me. I tell the story where uh, I was working selling shoes for Nordstrom (laughs) as like a job at college. It was a great, it's a great, it was a great job. Actually, I got a flirt with women all day and make money selling them shoes. <laughs> um, but it, uh, I used to on my lunch break, run over to borders, you know, when they used to have these things called bookstores, you remember these? Right. Things? Right. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I was too broke to buy the book, but I was always being pulled into the metaphysical section. And I, and I was in there reading, I think it I was, I forgot what I was getting into. I, it was, it was definitely, I think about Washington DC and Masonic stuff. And I was like really into that. And then all of a sudden this book fell out and landed on my foot. And it was David Icke's The Greatest Secret or The Biggest Secret book. And I was like, what the heck is this? I'd never heard of the man. This was in 1999. Uh, or maybe 2000. And uh, that's the cover, you know, it's just so weird and stuff. And that's the book where he goes into the reptiles. And I was mm-hmm. so blown away by that book. And it's it's enlightening kind of uncovering of truth to me and w- what I call like gnosis. It seems so it seems so like apparently real to me that he was cha- channeling or getting information that seemed it was very legit. And I believe it's legit. I believe David's coming from a higher source. He's getting this information from something super legit. So yes, it made a lot of sense to me. And I was the crazy guy running around telling my roommates, hey, do you know that there's reptiles, reptilians that are like secretly running the world? And um, I believe that that is inherently true. I believe I don't you know, I don't know if it's like shape shifting reptiles, but there is a arc uh, with the what the um, what I would call the arconic deception or the this arconic mind virus, or there's some sort of entity, some sort of intelligence that is parasitic in nature that is reptilian in its mindset, hmm. that has somehow infected uh, uh, mankind. I don't necessarily believe in like the, uh, you know, the Anunnaki coming down and through DNA splicing Uh-oh. have affected us. I don't believe that's how we have evolved. I don't, I, I believe that actually we evolve in a much more grander kind of uh, spiritual sense that is way beyond something like genetic engineering. However, I do believe we are if infected by some sort of mind parasites and they can take it into any human. But I do believe there's something related to bloodlines. I believe it goes back a long time, probably during Atlantis uh, or even pre-Atlantis, and that those same bloodlines are the ones that are the, that parasitic class I was mentioning earlier mm-hmm. and that they are required to feed off us 
due to the due to the pact they made with this entity, with this intelligence, whether it be AI or whether it be reptilian ETs or or demonic, very well, very well could just be like this demonic entity, right? That is has a reptilian sort of countenance to it. And yes, there is a very, very dark agenda. Uh, you know, many coming from a Christian slant would call it satanic, which I think makes a lot of sense. It's satanic. It's right. uh, they're dealing in um, with very, very dark stuff, and so they they always have many, many agendas at play. They're always looking to not only harvest energy, but they're looking to gain material ground in the material world, whether you know through money, through power, through uh, uh, and also looking to uh, poison us and looking to dampen our spirit in many ways. So there's always like six different agendas going on, right? So with the current CV agenda, they they are applying classical eugenics, which is, you know, um, uh, basically, and that's like a very Luciferian idea. And I do believe there's actually a difference between Luciferianism and Satanism. There is a distinction there. Luciferianism really? is like Satanism light. It's like, and which is, they call Luciferians, you know, call it the the, the light bearer. The light bearer, um, right? Yeah. And so, I believe actually there is, in a weird way, you know, and we get stuck in duality. We as as hu- as as human consciousness, we in this realm, we always you know think of things as good versus evil, but I think it's all fractal, and it's it's all very much just. You know, it, it it swings both ways, but there is no pure. I don't know if there's really a pure, pure good and a pure evil. Um, but I do believe that the Luciferians have are are have co opted things like the New Age and and with things with ideas of like eugenics. And there is some light there. There is stuff that kind of makes sense in some weird ways, but it, in ways it is darker. It's a darker agenda. And I believe that's what Hollywood is co-opted by, like this Luciferian concept. And then you have this straight up just evil. And I say evil in the sense of what we would consider evil, like satanic agenda, where they're literally eating and babies and using them as their currency. And so there's all these, I, I don't think there's like one specific group or one specific thing. I think there's a lot of different agency involved and a lot of different um, factions and bloodlines kind of going. We like to think of it as like some unified mono presence that's of control. I don't think it's that simple. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of different things in play here and a lot of different factions battling for this realm right now. And so that's why it gets confusing when we like see certain of those quote unquote, what we call elites kind of um, countering each other in some ways. So like, you'll see, like, I think there's bloodlines that work with the papal state and with um, certain elements of Israel. And then there's, there's those that work in with China and the Rothschilds and they're actually battling themselves and they're countering, countering each other. So there's a lot of like, there's a lot of politics going on and a lot of spiritual kind of um, uh, battle going on in the higher realms that um, isn't so black and white. And so we got to keep an uh, keep you know our eyes open and discernment really going and understanding that things aren't as simple as like a, um, a a traditional Tolkien novel or something where there's like one you know entity that we're battling. I think there's a lot of different stuff going on. Wow, just so much chaos and confusion, even between even between the ones that are causing the chaos and confusion. It sounds like goodness gracious. The good thing That's- is, though, the good thing is countering that there is a single Christ consciousness kind of you know present, which is which is us, and that's why we have all the power. Like they have to like strategize and come up with all these ways to manipulate the system because they're going against natural law. But like we're all, I believe we're all in the light is all one. Like, I really do believe in like the law of one kind of the, the light. And so we have it easy because we don't we don't have to worry about the different factions of what is what is true, benevolent, heartfelt, creative love. Like we have love. And That's because right. we have love, we're all together in this together. We're all one. And then yes. they they're all like spit, splitting off in different factions and confusing things because they're the ones trying to hack the system. So they've got it rough. We've actually got it easy once we just remember this stuff. And that's the thing. We have to keep that at the forefront of our minds, right? Knowing that we are love, we are one. And But unfortunately, nowadays, I guess not just nowadays, it's been going on, it seems like almost forever, where there's this, uh, this, this power play going on where uh, they're trying to uh, divide 
everyone, right? You saw it in 2020. You see it now with the, with the shot. It's just it's just crazy. And then people they they for whatever reason they don't understand that, right? Or maybe they don't want to understand that. But people have to realize that you know it's. Like you said, we we have the power, man. We have the power. It doesn't have to be a certain way in regards to the way that the evil wants it to be. We yeah. come together with love and unity, man. We, we're we're so powerful in that aspect. Now you mentioned Hollywood, man. Obviously, you worked in the the entertainment industry up there for uh, down there, I should say, for 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 a bit. Uh, I have always heard of that that industry being satanic with a bunch of weird stuff that goes on, <laughs> like uh, sacrifices and all of that. When you were around in that industry, did you? hear stories or see any anything weird like that so i was i've always been kind of a rebel i was an outlier in the hollywood scene i didn't work for any major uh, studios or production i worked for an in, in, i was an independent producer and i worked for an independent studio independent production company and i was so i was always like in the fringes but i definitely okay. did and as a dj i, I played a lot of like that really kind of hipster underground like cool bars and stuff in hollywood so i i was around a lot of dark energy and i'd go to a lot of hollywood hills parties but i wasn't in like the escalon the higher escalon of like hanging out with the power agents the power players the a-list actors actually i i did party with a-list actors but i wasn't like in the dark circles there however i did see a lot of darkness and i sensed that energy and i've been to parties where i i'll tell this story i don't know if i've ever told this story live um um, I was at a, this was like way back in the day before I was, I was like pretty much a normie still. I was waking up to, you know, I was reading David Icke and stuff and I was into conspiracy, but I wasn't really tapped into the spirit, higher spiritual realms like I am now and knowing this stuff, really understanding who I am. So I was at like a Hollywood Hills party and there was a lot of famous people there. And I was with my buddy who was a chef and he was, we were doing we were doing things that I I regret now in terms of putting stuff in my body, you know, drugs and stuff. Not you know the usual stuff you hear about, nothing too crazy. Um, right, right. But you know, drinking whiskey and you know all that. And so I I'm pretty I was pretty out of it. And I went upstairs and I opened the door and um, there was um, I'll say his name I don't care Leonardo DiCaprio, Ooh. and this was in 2002, uh, and he was in uh, underwear licking a lollipop with another kid like a 12 14 year old in underwear and they're playing nintendo or something and they're both sucking on lollipops what so go figure um yeah. and i was hammered i'm like what the heck and i slammed the door you know and left so yeah weird stuff out there man um but i know i didn't know anyone like that was like that invited me to like join a satanic cult or anything but there is Thank a lot God. of weird, dark energy and weird things going on. And um, yeah, um, definitely glad to be out of there. And, you know, it's it's uh, it's there for a reason. I mean, if you look at all the esoteric stuff behind even what Hollywood is and w where it came from and who's behind it, it's an, it's a very important aspect of controlling our, our consciousness. I was I was and and I also I want to stress this too because I've seen this a lot in the wake community is like the total rejection of all media and stuff. Which, I mean, yeah, I I dropped my Netflix account last year. I'm not supporting that stuff, but also I think it's important to. Um, Inter take in some entertainment and creative endeavors like certain films i'm i was i grew up like a film fanatic and i went to film school and i still like watching right. film because it's an auteur driven art craft and i think there's a lot of like power and 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 emotional like you know brevity and 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 spiritual um I don't know, inspiration you can pull out of films. Even if there is darkness behind the industry, there are people there doing good art and doing good work still. And mm -hmm. uh, it's funny, though, I was watching this Lucille Ball, terrible uh, new movie on Prime last night, just checking it out. And what was shocking to me, and I turned it off after about 30 minutes, is terrible. But was shocking to me in the beginning, they were talking about the reach of that, of that series back in the day. Okay. They, back in the day, Lu the Lucille Ball show, you know, I love Lucy. 80 million viewers went uh, on a new episode. Jeez. And that shows you how important Hollywood was for controlling the minds and consciousness right. of of people. And of course mm -hmm. now that's, you know, a, a hit show maybe now has 5 to 10 million if I mean that's like a huge hit. 
However, now they, of course, they're ahead of the game. They've know they've transferred that into social media and technology. So now Hollywood isn't playing the role it used to. It's now going to be it's video games, really. It's video Ooh. games and it's social media. It's big tech, and then of course moving that into the virtual metaverse. Um, so yeah, uh, Hollywood's kind of lost its edge <laughs> in the last ten years. Yeah, man. Dang, that's crazy, man. 80 million. I was like, wow. They were saying saying there was such a big effect that um, because I think it was Monday nights, like there was there was a noticeable drop off within that hour of water consumption of uh, of like national effects because people everyone was opting in and watching that show that they could actually monitor it and see because uh, like the the uh, economies were being affected like purchasing purchases were massively dropping off in like main street time you know for shopping at that time for big box stores because everyone was at home watching I love lucy and if you extrapolate that now that's like triple with our with our population increase that'd be like if there was like 250 million people watching something right now i don't think the olympics ever got that worldwide no, so pretty wild no. That is wild. Who would have thought? Goodness gracious, man. Who would have thought Desi Arnaz had that kind of pull in, in like a redhead Lucy? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, one thing I want to ask you about, Mike, is I've obviously listened to uh, some of your, your shows, your podcasts, and I hear you talk a lot, especially lately, about bioterrain. I want to know what exactly is that? Yes. I think I have a somewhat, a somewhat of an understanding of it, but if you could just fill me in, that'd be great. Yeah, so that is what Dr. Bear Lando woke me up to back in the day okay. when I was when I was still stuck in the allopathic model, which allopathy is the traditional mainstream medical model of, of the day. I call Rockefeller medicine. It's the idea that um, our bodies are constantly at war with germs. We have an immune system with antibodies that are fighting them, and that um, illness is, and symptoms are a symptom symptom of us being attacked by outside forces. It's this war model, and that drugs that that are derived from mostly petrochemicals um, and are trying to mimic nature um, are the number one solution for helping our bodies fight off the bad guys and so that we can return to a healthy state. Um, It's basically health is defined by um, lack of being sick. And um, bioterrain medicine or the bioterrain methodology of health and wellness is understanding that the terrain is everything that our body is actually when we're sick and our illness those symptoms are a, uh, are basically a sign that our body is doing what's appropriate to get back to our homeostasis or a natural way of being which is not being uh, which is thriving right which is being in a place of of um eternal um uh you know I guess you could call it like a zero point state of of of, of energetic um, continuum of of health and wellness, which is like which was our natural state, and that we're not actually um, subject or uh, being attacked by germs, but germs, in fact, or back and bacteria and all these things, which is actually are we have more bacteria in us than cells are actually serving us to keep us healthy. And so bioterrain medicine with this understanding that essentially what they call germ theory, uh, which was the idea that germs make us sick, which is nonsense. Um, it, it denies that and understands that we, we work with the body to help it uh, uh, heal itself faster by um, by aiding it with different uh, methodologies and really just detoxing, getting all the crap out that we've messed ourselves up with to begin with and just getting back to our natural state by working with our natural functionality of our terrain or, or the way that our body works, which is very much beyond the 3D, which is very much interplays with our mind and with our spirit and with uh, our social interactions and the holistic connections of all the people around us, nature, animals, the sun, um, the oceans, uh, air, the plant life, it's all interconnected. The bioterrain is everything mm-hmm. all connected. And that includes bacteria, that includes the fungi, that includes um, even the inorganic elements like the cell salts and stuff we talked about in our last show. Okay. Wow. I heard you say that you haven't been to a doctor for a checkup since like 2005. Correct. Damn. Correct. That's and I, I will never go back. I will never. My wife's a nurse and, she, and and I won't even step in. Well, now, especially with you have to wear a damn mask, but I won't right. step. I, I, oh, I cringe when I had to go into those death houses. 
I talk harshly on, on the allopathic model in the hospitals because I've seen just the amount of damage that system's done. And that's not, that's not like putting down, mom, this is my nice nurse. And I know she's doing everything in her power to help people. And my mom was a nurse. And sure. I know a lot of physicians and stuff who come from the right, you know, plate heart where they, th- you know, they're there to help humanity. And they got into the whole thing to um, basically help people from being sick and miserable. Um, however, and just like soldiers sign up to help you know, spread freedom across the world, you know, and they join the Marines. They're playing into a dark system that is just perpetually cyclically enslaving and hurting humanity. So it's time for us to really, we're in the great awakening of realizing it's time to step out of all those systems and realize that real true health and wellness, true freedom, uh, true community, all this comes from um, a whole new way of thinking that is outside most systems and models that we have been educated with um, in the traditional systems. Man, it's like nothing is as it seems. And, you know, we, we're being um, given all this information. Everything's inverted, awesome. man. Everything. Yeah. In fact, I saw uh, another podcast that you did, show that you did with, I think it was Dr. Daniels. Oh, yes. She uh, is that a, was very, she's a powerhouse, huh? Oh, man. She, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> but yeah, she had some very interesting things. That was, that was very, very, very interesting. So well, she, um, you know, she got basically excommunicated from the allopathic uh, system yes. as a, she's an MD and she actually had to leave the United States. She lives down in Panama. Wow. Yeah, because of what she was doing and saying for the black community, actually in Syracuse, I believe she was in Syracuse, New York, because she saw how the black community was being absolutely poisoned by the system. And and I lived in Baltimore. So my wife at one point was she was a travel nurse and she was working um, at Johns Hopkins which is like one of the most, you know, elevated institutions in the world. In fact, they're the ones that run, you know, created the whole CV stat system. That is, you know, Mm. we see the ticker, right? The death and pieces ticker that's up on like CNN and stuff. That's like run by Johns Hopkins, by the way. Wow. But she was, we were living in the heart of Baltimore uh, outside of Fells Point. And, you know, Fells Point's pretty nice, but we were kind of on the edge where we were in a, a little bit of a, of a shadier neighborhood. And so I went into, and I, you know, grew up in Orange County, very much like multicultural, but not in a traditional black neighborhood. And I was living in a pretty black neighborhood and I went into the market and I got to tell you, I was shocked in the grocery store what I was seeing. There was brands I'd never heard of. There was the food in there. I was I was blown away by the poison in the food and the, the poison yeah. is in all the food, but the poison was heavily, heavily integrated into this food. Wow. It was, it was so sad and depressing to, <laughs> to see. Um, so yeah, the black community has been targeted uh, uh, heavily for, for decades. And I got to give a shout out to Dr. Daniels for really being vocal about that and awakening, um, you know, that culture to, uh, to this and and having health and wellness be more injected into the black community culture because it is needed and it's still a, a mass epidemic. When I lived in uh, San Francisco too, and my wife was working there, we lived in um, the jazz kind of the jazz district, which was also kind of the black community in San Francisco. And I saw it there, like a line going out the the door for um, oh, what's not not KFC? What's the other fast food chicken? Um, Popeyes. Popeyes. And I, yeah. I got to admit, I, I like, pop. I mean, I, I was, I was into Popeye's <laughs> and I would go and I'd be like annoyed because the line was like, there was like a half hour wait to get in there, you know? Oh and then you, you know, realize that's just poison, 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 yeah. poison, poison. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's, yeah. what's your diet like now? I think I saw where you do one meal a day. Yeah. Are, are you a vegan vegetarian or, or what? How do you, how do you do? I am a, I am a hard, I try to be as hardcore of a local war as I can and grow as much of my own food as possible. I believe energetically, um, food really relates to your consciousness in a, in, in a very unique way for every single person is different. And also where you are in your life, mm. right. And like what you need for your life. So I don't, I don't pull a hard line on um, on diet or on with physical physical food. Um, uh, for me personally, I have found that um, I do better when I eat less. So I have kind of gone to a one meal a day 
um, diet. Now my diet is getting massively transformed right now because I said in the beginning of this, I quit coffee. And my my typical morning routine for years was doing, I guess what what mainstream would call like the bulletproof um, thing. If you ever heard of like the bulletproof coffee? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Alpha Vedic, we were doing that really before the whole bulletproof craze hit the mainstream where, and this really goes all the way back to like Tibetan times and before with like the monks of Tibet taking yak butter and blending it with their tea. And what you're doing is you're taking a caffeine, you're taking caffeine and you're in, and you're basically surrounding the caffeine with a fat lipid layer with a fat, like in this case, we use coconut oil. And to give you a longer sustained um, metabolic effect from the caffeine, which feeds you energetically. And gives you a lot of uh, uh, chi, or uh, uh, it's a very young energy. If for those who understand kind of the the, the Asian the the Chinese medicine angle, it's a very like hot, powerful energy. And if you can sustain that, you can kind of feed yourself off it. And I was doing that for years, and it was to great effect. But thanks to Jason Kristoff and a couple other people who really, you know, helped me awake to kind of the dark side of caffeine. I'm trying, I'm getting, I, I'm five days in with none, not doing this. So that's really interrupting my, my whole like way of dealing with food. So I definitely, I had like a lunch today and I crashed hard. Actually, I like almost had to go take a nap and I was just feeling basically stupid. Um, so I, I find that the less food is better. It, um, I feel like energetically I'm more in tune with things. I'm, 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 my whole system's firing better. And um, I'm more in touch with uh, my spirit, my spirituality, my consciousness. So, yeah, uh, very much on more of a liquid diet. And then at dinner, I like to have like a lot of greens, a lot of roughage from my garden. I've got winter beds going right now. I've got like bok choy and tatsoi and and different brassicas and... And, uh, you know, bro- we had or cut some broccolis last night. And um, I love Asian food. So I do a lot of like ginger and curries and stuff like during the winter because I do like some wholesome food. I think food's really powerful for us. I think energetically yes. and, and emotionally, it can be really good for us. So um, I don't I don't judge anybody in their food. I don't alpha vedic we don't say hey go vegan go carnivore go vegetarian go i have friends that are pretty pretty much almost breatharians um mm-hmm. i have friends that drink their own urine and i do that myself sometimes so i've heard of that man Shivamba. i've heard of that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> i think what it comes down to is intuitive being intuitively in touch with yourself and learning how to listen to your body and um, taking time for yourself, uh, um, giving time for self-care in the morning or evening, and and doing doing the work to really engage with yourself and having some self-respect with that and understanding with every time you put something in your mouth, that is an intimate act. You are mm. putting you are putting you know an outside source of 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 consciousness, whatever that plant is or whatever that animal is. Or whatever right. that came from, and whoever was it, who was it, who was putting the energy to get that to you, the farmer, right. the the um, worker at McDonald's, whatever. That's all touched those different consciousnesses, and now they're going into you, and they're interacting with the with the with the holy waters of your of your inner ocean. And wow, so man. I think we're not. I think having conscious eating is more important than really almost what you're putting in it at times. Like understanding with every chew, with every bite. Um, in being in presence with that and what you're doing when you do that, I think is extremely important and something we need to remember. Man, that is awesome. You just gave me something to it just totally makes me think about eating differently now. <laughs> I mean, I've always had much gratitude for food, right? But now that kind of takes it to a whole nother level for me, at least. But I, I like what you're saying, though, because it's almost as if there's you believe there's no, uh, I guess, one size that fits all when it comes to diet and in, in what you eat, you know, because I, I know you said you don't advocate or judge anybody for eating meat or, you know, you, you, sounds like you believe that people just have to do what they feel is best for them. You know? Diets and, and fail for a reason. Diets mm-hmm. typically always fail. Diets don't work. You need to be an intimate, uh, intuitive flow with your body. Understand that also we, we live in a world with seasons. 
Seasonal eating is extremely important. And I think more important than anything is being a local vor because now it's like the, the biggest thing that vegans, you know, have that most vegans have against meat eaters is, well, one, that there's a um, industrial food system that is slaughtering animals uh, and wrecking, wrecking, you know, ecologies and really, um, you know, very detrimental to the environment and also to, uh, the world, you know, populations, because, you know, all those things they say, well, that's all solved if you are um, raising your own chickens and your own rabbits on your land um, right. and eating your own meat source, or you are a hunter and you're helping keeping down deer populations because um, we have eviscerated natural predators. Um, and also, you're, when you buy your tags, go towards helping maintain national forests and stuff. So I have mad respect for hunters. Hunters are actually more ecologically savvy than your, your average vegan by far. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, and I'm not trying to put down vegans here because I have a lot of vegan friends and I go very vegetarian. I'm not a vegan, but I, I really eat, eat a heavy vegetable-based diet. Um, but also, you know, mass farming for vegetables, soy products, all that is even more detrimental than I think than large ranches and large meat productions because of all the pesticides that are oh, put yeah. out there that have now right. infiltrated our soil uh, and in every aspect of our life um, and have allowed for um, companies like Monsanto to purchase bear and get their dirty hands in our medicine and have just become the biggest, um, you know, controllers of our politics. And so how do you solve all this? You solve this by going local. You go, you solve this by taking responsibility for where you get your food, getting, uh, developing relationships with your local farmers, with your local producers, um, figuring out ways to grow your own food, getting in touch with how you eat, um, who you eat with, you know, engaging with your community having potlucks, inviting people over to eat with you ar around the dinner table at night with your family. So that's important. What we need. Yeah. That's you know, what instead we need. of going out to eat all the time. And I know that's a social affair, but a lot of people go out and it's a distraction instead of being at home and cooking a meal and inviting maybe a neighbor that you think's weird or you're not getting along with, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, to heal. Um, mm. and then maybe taking those leftovers to a neighbor who is lonely. And bringing right. them food, um, it's more in environmentally um, sound. It's also more economical. Since I moved out of L.A., dude, we spent, my wife and I were laughing with how much money we spent by going out to eat. And now because there's like no restaurants anywhere here, we pretty much cook every night. And um, the amount of money you save when you cook your own food, yep, it's <laughs> amazing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You know what, Mike? I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. I do have a couple more questions for you, though, man. I want your thoughts on plant medicines, mm. ayahuasca, et cetera. So I am, a, I am an advocate of the plant medicine um, done in a responsible way. Um, I've never – I have yet to do ayahuasca or like smoke DMT or any of that. However, I have engaged – um, in an occasional psychedelic trip with mushrooms, who I, I feel like I have a really good relationship with. Um, and I believe that um, one of my biggest life-changing moments for me in college is when I first engaged with psilocybin. It really was a massively impactful moment in my life. I haven't really mm -hmm. talked about this much because... Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of people that are pushing plant medicine. And I, f I feel like as a responsible steward for consciousness, I believe we can all get to those places without it. <laughs> However, it is a great way to hyper jump into these alternative, you know, consciousness realms. And for someone like me back in college, where I wasn't really totally awake, I was like reading, you know, conspiracy stuff. And but I wasn't really doing the work to be in touch with my spirit. In one night, like my life was changed. So there is something to be said about that. And then going into the ceremonial like ayahuasca, the I know there's a lot of um, a, a massive um, holistic health benefits for people suffering from, for instance, from like um, uh, PTSD. And I know of a, a, a shaman up in uh, the Humboldt area who's working with, um, uh, you know, veterans who are shell-shocked or dealing with uh, PTSD and all sorts of anxiety disorders. And 
really helping them through uh, these ceremonial procedures and helping them find a new life and a new sense of, of oneness and who they are. So yeah, I think plant medicines are important. I think they need to be done right. I think they need to be done in a ceremonial way and have, and you should be doing it with um, for the right reasons and not necessarily recreationally. Right. Um, but also, you know, you're, if you're an adult and you have a, an understanding of what you're doing, recreation can be a lot better than going out to a bar and, and, and slamming shots, you know? Um, right, right, right. So that was something cool in the festival scene in the last 10 years. I saw a massive change from the like beer garden Coachella festival to the more conscious kind of lightning in a bottle. West, cool. West Coast festivals were kids. And not that I'm an advocate for this at all. I think you mm -hmm. need to be an adult. I think you need to have grown up before right. really diving into these very powerful, powerful medicines. Um, mm -hmm. But it was cool to see um, kids looking more to expanding their consciousness than shutting it down with things like cocaine and alcohol and those drugs that were much more prevalent in my earlier days coming up in, you know, like I said, like the Coachella music scene and stuff. Right. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I always like to ask guests about that because I had a uh, experience uh, April of last year with ayahuasca as a three day ceremony done in a, in a you know, a respectable controlled environment in the desert in, in Tucson here in Arizona, where it was with a shaman and his crew and about 40 other people and, uh, you know, life changing, life changing. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, I think I agree with you. It needs to be done responsibly. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely for it. I don't, I think people do need to be careful though. I, a lot of people I believe become dependent on it and that's, mm -hmm. Something that, uh, you know, I, I don't think is good when you become dependent on it, but it can definitely be used as a tool, you know, and uh, life changing for me. That's for sure. And indigenous cultures understood there is like a plant spirit behind it. There is, yes. there, is a, there is an actual intelligence, I believe, that's connected to psilocybin, cannabis um, and ayahuasca. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's all sorts of different plant medicines out there. Um, I, I did, um, in college also engage in a couple really trippy ones, um, including, um, mescaline and including, mm. um, uh, it's called like devil's teardrop or something. I'm blanking out what it was called. And I literally lived a whole other, I, I think I've told this story on one other podcast where I lived a whole other life, um, for like 20 years. And, um, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I came back like, like eight hours later and I was crawling out my apartment and Wait, you uh, lived another life for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So like in that moment, or you realize you, you, you had a past life. No, I lived, I like lived a life. So like I went through, um, this, this is a whole other podcast, but basically I was an alternative life. I knew who I was and, and I, I was in another place and in a similar type of reality, like here on earth. Mm -hmm. And I was, and it's pretty fuzzy now, but I like had a family and I went to school and I was a, I was a sports star and wow. I had relationships and, um, and then, um, I had a lot of, uh, trials and tribulations and it was a very like turbulent time and a lot of challenges and a lot of, um, kind of coming of age stuff. And then boom, I was crawling outside of my apartment in Santa Barbara. Wow. How about that? Isn't that That's crazy? Something. Like that is crazy, man. That yeah. is crazy. That, that has me thinking all types of stuff, man. Wow. <laughs> I'll have to, I always forget the name of that. Was it Salvia? That might have been Salvia. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, well, uh, one last question, Mike. Uh, one thing I always ask each and every guest to do when they come on the Hidden Gateway podcast is to leave our listeners with what I like to call a token of love, something simply that they can take with them as they go forward. You've been great providing a, a lot of important information, but if you had to just give us uh, something to take with us, whether it be a t something for two minutes or five minutes, what would it be? Mm, that's such a great way to end stuff. I would say I kind of always end the podcast, AlphaCast, with, you know, get out of nature, get your feet uh, in the soil, go plant something, go for a hike. Mother Nature is, you know, truly our best teacher. And I really believe that. So if you're ever stressed out, if you're ever, you know, um, I know times are really hectic right now and, and people are, are confused and there's a lot of anxiety. Well, Remember that. Get outside. Re get get reconnected with 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 our mother nature, with with Gaia, because that's where we come from, and that's where we go back to. You know, no one's leaving this this <laughs> journey alive, right? No one gets out alive. <laughs> 
and um and take some time for yourself go for a hike take your kids um it doesn't matter where you are like go to a park if you're in the heart of the city um take your shoes off um make sure you're grounded getting your bare feet in the in the grass um lay down in the in the and in the daisies and then watch the bees buzz around and um it's just amazing you get brought back to this whole other just calm centered sense of yourself so let's let's not forget where we come from and let's not forget what our priorities are which is we live in a garden we live in a garden paradise and we're we're so fortunate to be here and so let's go out and engage in it as most as much as we can and protect it and and do every week everything we can to um really really take back our true nature and so by doing by going out into nature we can remind ourselves who we are and what our priorities are and just how magnificent this life is to be on in, at this place right now oh it is truly magnificent well said my friend thank you so much and please tell our listeners where they can find you i know you have websites and you have the the, the phenomenal store there so give give us all that good information any social media etc yeah, so I've kind of bounced out of most social media. Um, so the mm-hmm. best place to find us is uh, on our website, um, alphavedic.com, A-L-F-A-V-E-D-I-C.com. We've got, if you want to support us, so, uh, the best ways to buy our products uh, that have all been developed and formulated by Dr. Berlando, our founder, uh, his 40 years experience in a, as a biotrain professional. So check out alphavedic.com. Um, you can also join us on our Telegram, which is like an amazing, vibrant community of over 4,000 strong now in our alphavedic community. That's T dot me forward slash alpha vedic or if you're on discord which is another cool community platform you can find us there at alpha forward slash discord i'm known as uh, alpha warrior there so you'll see me kind of in the chat every day uh and then uh yeah um that's basically it i got off of facebook i got off of instagram i'm not on twitter anymore i'm kind of living in those platforms and developing some new kind of alternative decentralized stuff that um i'll be working on so the new social media of the future which is run by us not by the technocrats i like it man well thank you so much i love what you're doing man much respect to you sending you positive vibes and energy And to the uh, listeners of the Hidden Gateway podcast, I really hope you enjoyed this episode as well. Please remember to stay connected with us at thehiddengateway.com. You can also send us an email if you need to chat, support at the Hidden Gateway. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. And this will conclude this week's episode. Until next time, stay positive, stay questioning, be love, and be free. The Hidden Gateway, out.